Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Cole Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose, Arachno Sita Romero, David Starr. Support Wrestle Talk. You are watching Wrestle Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk and please subscribe now. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. Support Ollie, support me, support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Because we talk about wrestling, and I like it. Support Wrestle Talk. Don't subscribe. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Lou Gowen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, both the Ravens. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. It just rolls off my tongue now. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined for the third time this week for what feels like a long, long time. Usually it's only two or one and then I'm off somewhere or there's a live stream in the middle of the night that we have to do. But don't worry, Luke's away from next Friday, <laughs> so it's going back to its inconsistent normality. Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. We had a productive meeting this morning. Didn't we just? We we only, uh, you know, reinvented the wheel. Oh, uh, yeah. Just little it's minor things. No real big deals, to be honest. Just before tea, didn't we? Just yeah. reinvent the wheel. It was good, though. I think it was uh, it was it was kind of, I don't want to say needed, but like it was a really good sort of cathartic, like, hey, guys, what if we did this? And that just sort of spun out from there and just became, I was trying to edit, excuse me, I, I've just had my lunch and I, it's just repeating on me. I was trying to edit a podcast at the same time that we were having all these conversations. <laughs> so I was trying to join in. But at the same time, I was like, but I do have to edit Bound for Glory 2010 because I do want to release that yeah, today. Yeah. Um, oh, nice plug. Nice little plug there. That's our Patreon uh, podcast. Uh, we'll go out, yeah, later today. I want to get the thing with Val in there. Like, I'm really oh, keen. Oh, you're going to do that? Yeah, I'm really keen to do that. So I'm going to wait till we, we speak with her about it. Um, so, yeah, so head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. It's currently clocking in at 3 hours and 15 minutes. We talked that long about it. Yeah, we did indeed. Know. Yeah, with clips and everything. Mm. Um, and so I think with the Val thing, that might bump it up to three and a half hours, three hour 40. Mm. So big load of content talking about a pay-per-view that's nine years old and 
probably not that many people remember and or are interested in. But it is very historically significant through the lens of what's happening in wrestling right now. And already out of date because, <laughs> because we recorded it on Monday and Tuesday. And at the end of it, we're like, and Eric Bischoff is still running oh, SmackDown. <laughs> like the evening that we'd finished recording it, WWE announced, by the way, Eric Bischoff's been fired. Oh, Meltzer wrote in The Observer, quote, he didn't have the stamina for the mm. job. Well, it sounds like I don't think I've got the stamina for Absolutely the job. Absolutely not. Staying up till 3 a.m., all that travel. The amount of people that ask us, like, would you be a writer for WWE? Absolutely not, mate. Not a cat in hell's chance. Yeah, it's like I always used to dream of, you know, like some people's dream jobs. Not necessarily mine, but I I like the people whose dreams job, dream job it is so much. I, it sort of became mine as well. That's to be a writer for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, because you're reading that book at the moment. Mm. But that, w- that was going back in my early 20s. You know, you want to be yeah. a sitcom writer, get on Saturday Night Live. Never going to happen. Did you watch that um, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip or whatever yes. it was? The, yeah, Aaron, the Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin one. Did Interestingly, it came out the same time as 30 Rock, which is also it really? a play yeah. on that sort of show. And one of them got more than one season commissioned. Yes, yes. <laughs> one was a massive success. And the other one Had was Matthew Studio Penn. 16. <laughs> and the other one was a name I struggle to remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, what was I talking about? It's not about it being someone else's job. It wasn't your dream job. Yeah, but that Saturday Night Live writers thing, like part of the appeal is that in the olden days, they'd all stay up till four in the morning and peop- and, and just writing, 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 not an effective way. It was it was a model designed by the seventies and the eighties when everyone was on cocaine. <laughs> yeah. And Lorne Michaels stayed in control and was just like, well, that's how we should do. That's where comedy comes from, from that sort of bunker mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that was the cocaine. <laughs> you can work nine to five and write funny stuff. Oh yeah. It doesn't have to come at two a.m. in the morning. Yeah. On after, cocaine. After a coke binge. <laughs> My uh, one of my favorite uh, sort of Hollywood stories, and then you start to like, you you kind of wish you could be a fly on the wall for it, is the story that uh, you know the the film No Holds Barred, mm. the Hulk Hogan WWE movie, yeah. where it's it's Hulk Hogan, it's a it's a wrestling kind of like cage fighting movie, and he fights uh, Zeus at the end of it, and uh, Zeus would then become a wrestler for a little bit, Tiny Lister, <laughs> and. Um, the story is that just before they went into production on it, Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan decided the script's not good enough. And so they rewrote it over the weekend in a hotel room. And I would like to be a fly on the wall, A, to see who was typing, <laughs> but yeah. B, to see how much coke and hookers had been like ordered to their room and everything. And just what did that 48-hour period look like? Yes. Obviously, we're not saying that was just a joke. It was a just. It's just a joke. <laughs> just a joke based on how those sort of weekends go. But and you know, because you were saying on the Saturday Night Live thing, that was almost mm. the mentality of like, well, this is how you create things. Yeah, yeah. Like, did they get that? I was like, hey, I've heard this way to create things, brother. Let's let's try this. And it's like, you, you know, you fast forward three decades later, he's ripping up SmackDown three <laughs> hours before it's due to go on air. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you up to this weekend? I am going to Brighton tomorrow. 
to visit my lady partner's family and her brother, who's moved into a, a new flat down there.、Mm-hmm. And then I'm not doing anything. Nice. Yes, we've got a whole day planned, and it's it's not really poor me, poor me, because I just had a lovely weekend in Bath. But that's a thing.、Mm-hmm. Sunday, I'm not doing anything. Oh, it's glorious. Yeah. It's that is a that is a wonderful feeling. Oh, it's beautiful. And Paul Rudd's. Uh, Paul Rudd's new Netflix show is it out now? Also starring Paul Rudd, started today. Came out really. Today. So I think that's what we're going to be binging. Is it a series? Or I thought it was a film. I'm pretty sure it's a series. Okay. Living with me.、That's、it's it, like yeah. yeah, like he's a really depressed guy, and he creates. He, he tries to get that part of himself removed so he can just be happy, and he does. He has the operation, so he's happy. Paul Rudd, but wait, for who's this guy? It's also Paul Rudd. It's just the negative version of him in real life is manifested. And if you thought, do you know what? I really liked、uh, Avengers Endgame. I just wish it had more Paul Rudd in it. Here's your answer, baby. It's got double the Rudd. It's genuinely the biggest selling point for me. Oh, I don't double think, Rudd. Yeah, well, just that it's got Paul Rudd in. Usually, if someone goes, "Oh, there's this new series, and one guy's playing two roles." That I, that drives me away.、Mm. Like even when they're good, like Legend with Tom Hardy, N- Nutty Professor with Eddie Nutty、Murphy's. Professor, you know, s- seminal <laughs> films、yeah. that are made in the actors play multiple roles genre.、Mm-hmm. I just it's not it's not my genre. I don't like Sex Tuplets with Marlon Wayans on Netflix. What's the one where there were loads of Michael Keaton's? Oh, like、multiplicity! Ju- multiplicity! Multiplicity!、Yes. It's a great film. I've never seen it, but it was always a trailer on the front of one of my video cassettes、yeah. as a kid. There's a moment that my、uh, my best friend, when I was like a child in the '90s, who thought the line because like one of them's a bit dim-witted, so it's very simple, like you know, open goal comedy. Who just says his name to go like, "Hey, Steve." And just in that voice, he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard,、mm-hmm. and would imitate it no end. I can't even remember if the character's name was Steve. I just remember him doing that voice and going like, "Hey, Steve!" He thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Well, that said, usually I don't like that genre, but when it's Paul Rudd, oh, all in. in! I'm all, all in for it, mate. Absolutely. What about you? What are you up to?、Uh, we are just planning this weekend、uh, because it is our final weekend before I go away. Was that a racial slur you just <laughs> used? It sure sounded like one, so I'm just going to be offended. It's a very clever pun.、Um, we have Matt. The L sound is difficult for that accent. We, are, master. So we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we have mapped out what we're going to do in Tokyo while we're there. To avoid the World Cup as much as possible, because fun fact, we didn't know the Rugby World Cup was even a a thing. Didn't even know they had a World Cup. B had no idea it was taking place in in Japan. I think you can assume that every sport has a World Cup. Hey, look at tag teams and well, gauntlet matches. Yeah, but baseball has one, but it only takes place in America.、Uh, so like, it's, it's it's not like well, okay, so in North America then, it's not like the World Cup of Baseball tours the world, does it? There should be those. And I and I'll be honest. I thought the rugby was more or less confined to the six or seven nations or whatever it is. So it would be in one of those if it was to be a World Cup. There should. Why isn't there a World Cup of an actual World Cup? Well, apparently there is. <laughs> yeah, baseball World Cup. Yep.、Um, oh, it stopped in 2011, but it did run for a good seven decades. Wow. Yeah. 
There you go. The more you know. The Wikipedia never the lies. Were the last champions. Well, there you go. Did America ever win? <clears throat> not in the early stages. No. Well, not at all. Oh no! I'm looking at the the hosts, <laughs> <laughs> champions. Oh, a bit of the Great Britain to kick off the the entire thing. 1938 hosted in Great Britain. You know, just a year before World War Two really <laughs> kicked off. Uh, no, they. It's Vene- a lot of Venezuelas. Was he, and were, Cubas, were America in there? Dominican Republics. Yeah, Puerto Rico's. Cubas, Do you think this is why they Columbia's. have the World Series? Because that means they always win. So, wow, Cuba have won it a ton. The U.S. won it. was every two years. The U.S. won it in 2007 and 2009. And only and 73 and 74. But other than that, none at all. Well, then here's my question. Why are none of their teams in the World Series? Well, a lot of their players are. You get a lot of Dominican Republic players. And I think I'm saying that might be... But surely, like, they, they also and... have their own teams, though, in those countries one would assume. Like, they have their own baseball league. Do we have a baseball league here? But it's probably very minor. True, but... And all the players just go... So it's a, it's a situation where, like, uh, what what's a European okay, okay. country that has really good players but not a strong domestic league? Okay, well, but I was going to say, for example, in, in jolly old England, or actually, sorry, you know, it is in jolly old England, we have the, the FA Cup, but that is a sort of a battle between all of the English league. So that is like non-league teams and league teams going up against each other. So surely you could do that for the World Series and almost make it like a a seeding thing. Well, that's not an international competition then. No, no, that's but, I'm, a club. but but I was I was arguing your point that ah. they're going to be rubbish teams and just get dominated by the West Philadelphia sure. ball lads, or, you know, sports. <laughs> Let's do that indeed. Uh, We're going to be talking about the draft and, um, well, yeah, here's the show. Draft itself. Do you want to give sort of some overall thoughts on on the draft as a whole? Well, I have sort of given up on WWE's capacity to do exciting drafts. To me, the draft is a concept that can have storylines woven in. People can, you know, jockey for influence and I want to go over to here, they want to go over to there. Tag teams split up. It needs to be exciting. Returns, NXT call-ups. And that's how it kind of used to be with all the wrestlers in the backstage area finding out live which which brand they're going to that's how it was back in the day in the noughties roughly the draft since they've come back since the brand split in july 2016 sorry the superstar shake-ups the first one was a brand split then it was a superstar shake-up but yes (laughs) superstar shake-ups as well Uh, thank god that's not a phrase anymore (laughs) such a vince mcmahonism they've got them progressively it's like WWE have got more or less interested in that idea as they've gone along. So just as a, a storyline potential thing to use, it's not like they've just lost interest in it. Yeah. That aside, just from the you can still make it exciting just because you're like, oh, that person's on Raw. That person's on SmackDown. This year's draft 
second draft, technically, is the worst, least exciting, least inspiring draft WWE have ever done. And why do you think that? There's a number of reasons. I think it's because we all kind of figured out where people were going to go anyway. And we are in this awkward wild card six-month period where people were on brands, but they also weren't on brands. So you had these rosters, but the rosters were fluid. So there was no surprise. It felt like nothing changed, really, did it? The Fiend was like the only big surprise, yes. I would say, of, of this, of him going to SmackDown. Because I think we all sort of figured, particularly with the, the Universal Championship thing and the fact that he was still feuding with Rollins on that episode of SmackDown, that he would also be, he'd be sticking on Raw, which has kind of been a Raw star anyway since his debut. But no, he's been moved over to SmackDown. And yet somehow he is still feuding with a Raw star. So it's not even a week old and the draft is already out the window and we're back to wild cards. Yeah. Because they're advertising for Raw, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. As a, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's just a dark match, but it's been advertised as a cage match locally. So, but you know, it is WWE. They'll advertise whatever the heck they want, I think. Um, and we've got the uh, match happening at Crown Jewel. Is the Fiend going to win that? If he is, is he taking the Universal Championship over to uh, Crown Jewel? Others have speculated that if that's the, sorry, over to SmackDown. Smackdown. And other people have suggested that, well, that means that Kane Velasquez could win the WWE Championship and move over to Raw. But you've got to figure that SmackDown would probably like the sports-centric Cain Velasquez over on SmackDown. And Cain Velasquez has signed with WWE. This is not just a one-off appearance. This is a multi, a lucrative, I believe is the word mm. that's been used, multi-year deal with WWE. In fact, Meltzer wrote in The Observer uh, yesterday, it was an offer that was so high, AEW didn't even bother to counter it. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm good. I think I'm all right, to be honest. And that's a great tactical move, just because like sometimes... You'd be like, oh, it'd be good if we get them, but let's just keep on bidding it up, 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 raising these price up, 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 and up, so our competitor has to use me more resources on them. Yeah, it's a brilliant move. And it's um, if you think that number sounds like, well, you know, it's it's too high that not even like the Khans aren't interested. Tyson Fury is reportedly making fifteen million dollars for his one appearance much? for Crown Jewel. I mean, that's roughly that's that's in the big box office boxing sort of well, stuff. Well, because they've also got, because they're doing like an entertainment, like a period of entertainment where they're bringing in sort of like fireworks displays and theme parks and stuff. There's a Marvel experience happening, I think, there. And there's all, all these other things. Boxing have got involved in it. They're having mm. a big boxing match in Saudi Arabia. Who's the champion? He's got like all manner of belts or something. Anthony Joshua is a name. He that's... doesn't have, oh, okay, maybe he's only got then. one belt. Either but... way, it was a name as, as a boxing lad who has got belts. I'm so into sports. And he is being paid $75 million for his boxing match out in Saudi Arabia over this. And Crown Jewel is part of this sort of like entertainment extravaganza they're currently doing. It's an interesting thought experiment to put yourself in. If you ever do go, and we say it a lot, it's blood money. A lot of these companies should cut ties with Saudi Arabia. UFC did. And UFC are actually apparently like really in need of money. But mm. they've, they've, they've severed their ties because they don't want to be involved in it. Very honourable. For me, morally, the right thing to do. However, if you said to me, I'll give you $75 million to do this one event in this country, I think everyone is lying when they, that when they, if they say, nah, nah, that nah, doesn't interest me at all. I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> I've got to be honest, I think I probably, it depends on how much money I already had. 
because seventy-five well, okay, million. But if you've already got seventy-five million dollars, what's another seventy-five going to mean to you? Like it's all, you've already got seventy-five million dollars. Like that's enough for five lifetimes worth of stuff. I don't need. I don't, I don't need another seventy-five million on top of that. Luke, there are a lot of board games that need Kickstarters. <laughs> right, and I've got seventy-five million to give to that. You would blow that in a year on Kickstarter. Seventy-five million dollars. I oh, do yeah. not think I would blow that in a year. I would struggle to blow that in five lifetimes. You, you would go on eBay. You'll buy Sonic the Hedgehog foil cards and like do, do i want to risk the buy it now price i'll just do double i uh, no i i i think it is yeah there's, there's a lot of sort of uh, errors on there have you seen that uh, wwe have uh, signed a new deal with glad uh. and they've announced that in the same month they're running uh, the the cojones to announce that deal in the same month you're running saudi arabia is quite impressive let's let's reel it back reel into, it back the, into draft. the draft anyway so the draft happened a lot of stars did not get drafted because... And they announced that was going to happen. They said that if you don't get drafted on either Raw or SmackDown, you become a free agent, and then it's up to you to negotiate with Fox or USA about which brand you end up on. So here are the superstars that weren't drafted and where they have ended up. So Raw got AOP... Oh, so AOP's confirmed. That, that has been confirmed now, right. yes. Um, not on their website, apparently. <laughs> Um, AOP, No Way Jose, Mojo Rawley, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, Sarah Logan. So we've got Sarah, Mogan, uh, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan back together on Raw. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I, I was going to ask where Ruby Riot was. She, well, the, oh, we'll get <laughs> into that. Injured. We'll get to that in a second. And superstars that have been drafted to, fr- or as it says on their website, superstars headed to Friday Night SmackDown, Luke Harper, Cesaro, Drake Maverick, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. How sad is it that Luke Harper and Cesaro are among that group? Yeah. That's so sad. Especially Cesaro. I, I think it's quite easy to forget that before April, he was one of the premier... He he was in the main event of that very disappointing Raw after Mania with The Bar taking on That's Kofi Kingston right. and Seth, and Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yeah, The Bar were a big deal in WWE, yeah. in the tag division and occasionally in main event programs to make up seven-man opponents for the Shield. Well, they're too good. Yeah. Okay, so here are the other stars that have not been drafted and the reasons for them. Ember Moon, because she's injured and she's going to be out for some time. Uh, the Colognes, virtually never used. This is all, like, I'm taking some of these in, uh, in the, some of these opinions from the, the Observer. The Usos and Naomi, they have been backstage at shows recently, but the word is there's no creative direction for either a return or what draft they'll end up on they have they've been taken off the road since the dui yeah which is you know it's happened a lot now i i they're a great tag team but they keep screwing up in illegal ways yeah. so, and that that needs to be fixed before you can really start getting behind them again uh but you know that SmackDown's tag division, I can't really... It's not that exciting to me. Well, they, well, they've got one more tag team than Raw has. Raw's only got four tag teams. But Raw has AOP, the club, um, Viking experience, yep. <laughs> and... Street Profits. Oh, they got five they got, because they've got Kurt Hawkins and Ryder, yeah. Like those four right there, that's, that's enough to have a, a banging tag division. To have one match. <laughs> one couple of series of feuds. I, four. I, four teams. Yeah. But if you got okay, but that means you've got one team uh, that are champions, one team feuding with them, and the other two doing nothing. 
number one contenders or blood feud. I know that's not yeah. how WWE book things, but four really but good tag teams. But are then you enough. swap them round. Okay, so then this tag team loses, and then this tag team jumps to that spot. Then it's these two. You burn through that quite quickly when you've only got four teams. Yeah, that, that, so. That's my point. Is that it's exciting in the short term, but like a, as a long term thing, it's too small a number. Mm. Um, Cena, Undertaker, and Goldberg have not been drafted. Kane Velasquez um, is. Um, Interesting that he is sort of like teaming with Rey Mysterio as sort of a manager, and Rey's now on Raw, but he may still end up on SmackDown, so we don't know that one yet. The Ascension, uh, Lars Sullivan, Lana will assume Raw because she's doing stuff with Lashley, Mike and Maria Kanellis, obviously Mike has asked for his release, and Maria likely on Raw because Heyman's writing her Who's the Daddy storyline. Which reportedly has an ending. Really? Yeah, yeah, this came out last month. There is a payoff to this storyline, but, you know, the baby has to be born before it's revealed. So okay. it's a, yeah, it's forcing them into long, long-term long booking. Uh, Mickey James has also not been drafted. Nia Jax, uh, because she's out with an injury. Mm. Ruby Wright out with an injury. Samir and Sunil Singh, uh, so they're not going to be with Jinder Mahal by the looks of it. And uh, Sheamus, because he's obviously out with injury as well. Yes, um, and um, the other ones I noticed in there, because you just reminded me when you said keep getting into legal trouble, Jeff Hardy uh, not been drafted yet, or Big Money Matt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be, their contract, to my knowledge, is up in April. That makes sense, yeah. Because they, they returned on a two-year deal, but there was, and this is a common thing in contracts now, there was an option for WWE to just extend it for a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it gives the, the the contractor all the power, really, and the subcontractor has to sort of just say, OK, I'm with you another year, yeah. even if they want to leave. So, you know, I, I've got to think hard is... I really hope Jeff sorts out these issues properly, not just for his own personal health, mm-hmm. of course, but because hard is straight to AEW. Imagine mm-hmm. that, night after mania. Yes. Um, so the other draft that happened on this, and perhaps one that everyone has thought it was funny to make fun of, and it's quite easy to make fun of this because it is utterly ridiculous. On SmackDown last week, Raw drafted Alexa Bliss as a solo act. Because the rules were, you can either draft a tag team as a whole or split them up. And so they drafted Alexa Bliss, which I think everyone thought was like, ah, They've split up that tag team because they're advertised as a tag team on the website. And then Raw drafted Nikki Cross as well as a separate thing. And then some people have argued, some people have argued with me so vehemently on Twitter. They're not a tag team. They're clearly not a tag team. They've never had a tag team name. They're not a tag team. They've drafted them as single stars because they want to push them as single stars. I think that's very much rising your own storylines. And then it was announced on WWE backstage that they've been drafted to SmackDown as a team. And Raw gets, quote, future considerations, whatever the hell that means. So if you just look at that from a kayfabe perspective, like because one of the other things about the draft was <coughs> because there's no authority figures, the mechanism for it all happening was it was the networks, USA Network and Fox. They haven't been able to do that before because both Raw and SmackDown were on the USA Network. So how stupid does that make the USA Network look? It makes them look like absolute idiots. That you use two whole picks when you could have used one. That's like, that's Brian Alvarez cannot <laughs> let that go. And I get why. Like, it's not my hill to die on, but he's made it his and I'm glad someone has. Yeah. It's just, it's just that 
a really good microcosm of what's wrong with the company in terms of logic. But for for Raw to then give them back to SmackDown, USA Network, to give them back to Fox, just makes it even more insane. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. It's like, of all the... And the, the reason that happened, I don't know if this is reportedly or speculatively, is because before last week's draft on SmackDown, WWE this is according to the Wrestling Observer, sent their website team a list of names. And they said, put that list of names in alphabetical order up on the site. That's going to be the draft pool. So that's the name of the talents who can be involved in this first half of the draft. But they didn't put it into alphabetical order. They just put it up in, in the order given to them, which was the exact order that they were drafted to in, on that episode of SmackDown. So it was yeah. all spoiled. So in a panic move, WWE changed one of those picks to be this Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross separate thing, which makes more issues, like we've just said, because it means USA Network looks stupid. And then to to build WWE Backstage, which is their new FS1 show, it was the first episode this week, it's the one that CM Punk might eventually end up appearing on as a host... They built that show up as there's going to be a big draft. There's one of these... A big a trade. Yeah, of all those draft picks that happened, one of them's going to be reversed or, or sorted out another way. And they used that one. They used Cross and Bliss. And if they used Cross and Bliss there, that makes me think they never had, they never had a plan for what that big one was going to be. No, of course not. They just had to do it because they changed their plans on Friday night. Yeah. So that means they were promoting a big change on the Tuesday, not knowing what that big change was. And despite this roster and this this draft apparently being locked down a number of weeks ago, because they did want to clear it by both networks, they're still somehow making it up on the go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they... It, I guess it's just it's WWE's way. Like I, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised by it. Mm. But that is the case. Yeah. So Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are now back on SmackDown, and ironically, Nikki Cross is wrestling as a single star tonight. <laughs> so let's just have a look at the sort of lay of the land. Top faces on Raw: Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Top heels: AJ, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and Eric Rowan. Yep. Orton's been rumoured for a, a face turn. Yes, I, I heard that as well. Um, speaking of, actually, although she was a heel this Monday, <laughs> the plan is still for Charlotte to be a baby face, just as an FYI. But look, at this is, this is the most exciting thing that's come out of a very boring draft. Raw's midcard. Ricochet, Rusev, Alistair Black, Cedric Alexander, Rey Mysterio, Buddy Murphy, Andrade, Samoa Joe. Nom, 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 nom. That's fantastic. To quote Kevin Smith, that's dazzling. That's amazing. Oh, that is an incredible mid-card that you can easily elevate any of into that main event position. Because mm. you're quite lacking in main event uh, main event baby faces on Raw. Yeah, I've already said the tag teams look pretty good. Viking Raiders, Street Profits, OC and Authors of Pain. That's that's big man. And Hawkins and Ryder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's big man tag division. Looking forward to that. The women's division on both brands feels really sparse. Well, unless you take, unless you you put the, the the tag teams in there, I guess so. 
On, on Raw, it's Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. And if you add the tag teams, you get Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Peyton Royce, and Billy Kay, which actually feels much more fleshed out, particularly when you've got Asuka and Sane, who are like two of the best wrestlers in the entire company. Mm. Uh, then on SmackDown, the top faces. Remember, this is the A show now, so these are going to be pushed as the real stars of the company. Reigns, Strowman, and Bryan mm-hmm. as faces. Top heels, Lesnar. Fiend and King Corbin. I'm really glad you and I are doing Raw and I'm not coming in on Saturday to review SmackDown because I I will be honest, the SmackDown side of things excites me way less than Raw does. Yeah, like this mid-card as well. Miz, Shorty Gable, Chad Gable, (laughs) sickens me to say that name, Ali, Nakamura, Elias, Cesaro, Luke Harper. Uh, All great guys. They're not going to get a look in whatsoever. It's going to be what Raw's mid-card was. Um, well, yeah, I just don't think any of them are going to get a look in. Tag teams look okay, actually. New Day, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, Revival, Rude and Ziggler. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Again, like you need more teams in there, but it's not bad. But then, again, the women's the women's division, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Tamina, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, yeah. And Asuka Insane because the women's champs are on both brands currently. Yeah, so, I mean, it's that's not that bad. It's very heel-heavy, I'd say. Uh, yeah. Banks and Bailey are, of course, the standouts there. Yeah, they haven't got a top babyface for the SmackDown women's division because your two big stars, which is Banks and Bailey, are both the heels. I think they'll make it Carmella. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's the lay of the land. I... It's not that exciting to me, unfortunately. And the one thing I was excited about was The Fiend and WWE have managed to kill off a lot of my interest in it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time for Crap Gimmicks. What? If you want to send in your Crap Gimmick, all you've got to do is email me, luke at wrestletalk.com. That's luke at wrestletalk.com. Now, last week, we hit the reset button on this. I made an executive decision, and I thought I'm going to wipe the slate clean because I was answering emails that were from September, August and September last year because things just happened. We had so many sent in to us. We just, there was no way we could keep on top of everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm wiping the slate clean. And everyone now is on the equal footing. You send your emails in. It's more than likely going to get read out. I've now had like nearly 50 sent to me in the last seven days. So I'm already in the exact same position I was in previously. It's just seven days later. Yeah. I was stunned at the amount of emails because I was expecting, I'll be honest, 10. And I got 50. And so that's, that's a good thing. I was just really, really surprised. Crap gimmicks is over. Who knew? Uh, we're sorry it's it's taken so long to come back. It was there in drips and drabs over since WrestleMania, I think. Since we went live and everything changed up a bit. Uh, it's just, it's, we, we, we wanted to sort of really pay attention to it and reboot it. And Lewis Tillett, who is originally one of our fans, I hope he still is a fan, <laughs> but he's he came over to see us. Over the summer, which is amazing because he lives in Thailand. <laughs> and he came over and he was like, this is my vision. He blew me away with the sort of work he's done. And then beat you at Micro Machines. And then beat me at <laughs> many video games. Uh, but if you go, honestly, go over to Crap Gimmicks on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you go to WrestleTalks Twitter, we've got the links to both of those recently there. Give him a follow on both of them. And you can see, I just love his style. And yeah, it's like, really nice. I've always, I said to him in person, like... If I ever wrote a comic book, which, you know, one of the dreams, <laughs> that's what I want it to look like. Like that, that animation style. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. And I'm so happy that he's making these crap gimmicks. And the, the work he's done for season one, as we're calling it, mm-hmm. which is all crap gimmicks so far. So those classic WrestleBot, Haiku. El Limon. They A lot of those characters are designed and are up on that social media. Uh, he's he's got a few more to finish off, I think, for submissions that weren't done, uh, that he's he's sort of designed. But yeah, the, the plan is from now on, it's season two of of the crap gimmick universe, and we're gonna we're gonna try and work it so Lewis can sort of, if we really smash it, he can sort of work full time on it. Yeah. What an amazing idea! Absolutely. Uh, we're, we've got the Patreon set up Wasted Universe so if you go over to that and we're going to in the next couple of months we're going to start merch up as well so you know we're it's really nice to help someone who was a viewer of the channel realise their dream and it's damn fine art as well damn, it's so good like cause we, we get sent in amazing submissions like the submissions you guys sent to us are so so good and he just manages to like like elevate them and like be like and here's what it looks like and when i see it i'm like that is genius like the and the things he put the little tiny little details when when we had the road workers which is one of my favorite tag teams we've ever signed he gave them the shoulder pads but had little cones like little security cones as the spikes and like that's 
inspired. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, so we're thinking T-shirts, trading, trading cards, cards. <laughs> art books. Stickers. Yeah. yeah, really, really excited to get down that road. But let's see the new submissions that we have had. Do you want to explain what Crap Gimmick Wrestling is? Oh, wait, is? if you're new, yeah. Basically, it's your submissions for what a crap gimmick for a wrestler would be. We've often thought about it. It's that 90s way of you are a wrestler and a blank. Sometimes people are way more <laughs> extravagant with them, way more sort of like avant-garde with the idea. So really, the power is in your hands. It's kind of free for you to interpret because we've had so many like wild and wacky out there ideas. We'll put the power in your hands. Uh, and this one comes in from Chris, uh, sorry, Chris Smith, not crisp. Uh, my crap gimmick is Rex Rocket. You paying okay. attention here? Yes. Rex Rocket. Uh, a wrestler who moonlights as an astronaut. He is a high-flying baby-faced luchador who enters to Europe's final countdown in full astronaut suit, but wrestles in silver gear and a space helmet-themed luchador mask. His backstory is that he was left behind on a mission to Mars and presumed dead, but he managed to survive by wrestling against Martians and stealing a ship to escape. Now back on Earth, he wants to test his new wrestling skills against the crap gimmick roster. He writes here, P.S. If that backstory is too ridiculous, then we could just be that Rocket claims that happened to him. Oh, <laughs> no. That definitely happened to him. <laughs> he is announced as being right here on planet Earth for That's a cheap cool. pop and vows to win the world title so he can defend it on other planets. Signature spots include 10 punches in the corner where the crowd ch chant backwards from 10. Like a countdown. countdown. Yep. That's and really good. No one's <laughs> ever done that. And a dive to the outside that he calls one giant leap. His catchphrase is, let's get ready to rock it. As a baby face, his finisher is the shooting star press. But if he turns heel, he refuses to use that crowd-pleasing Lucha Libre and finishes his opponent with the black hole slam. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, since your backlog suggests you won't read this till 2019. <laughs> From Chris. That's really strong. It's such a strong opener. What? Yeah, what a great opener for season two. Wow. I really like that, especially so that that ten count in the corner is yeah. ingenious. Space Oddity, one of my favorite ever songs. Oh my god! I, I always think of that when I hear it. Think of a, a countdown to major song. <laughs> Commencing uh, countdown engines on. So you could call that the blast off. Yeah. So like you know, countdown. Or oh. I don't know how you the move you hit after one. Maybe you jump up. Maybe that. Okay, so you're, you're on the top. Boom, boom, boom. On the last punch, they sit down. Yeah. And then you blast off stomp. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Or you do the um, that Lacey Evans uh, elbow drop thing she does where you sort of yeah, like go up into sure. the air. Because that would be your blast off. And then you come nice. down. Yeah. There is a lot of mileage in an astronaut gimmick. Yeah. I also love the backstory. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like a pulpy cartoon. You know what? It's almost... It's not crap. <laughs> it's almost too good. Yeah. But I really like that. That's a re really well done, Chris. Yeah. That's excellent. Uh, next one comes in from Jaron Walker, who said, My crap gimmick is Swinger. Swinger was unfortunately born with baseball bats for arms. <laughs> He tries to wrestle fair, but every time he throws a punch, the referee DQs him for using a foreign object. The only offense he has are his kicks, which are effective, but when he gets momentum, he gets too excited and hits his opponent with the baseball bad arms. Everyone in the crowd that hopes one day Swinger will actually win a match and not lose control. The day Swinger actually wins, the pop will be huge. I like it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a one-note gag. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, compared to the depth 
of of the excellent first one. But uh, I really like that. Good work, Jaron, of course. 2K Supremo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Wilson, Minecraft going, uh, sorry, my CGW pitch involves a tag team called P's and Q's. It consists of two English gentlemen called Proper Pete and Quintessential Quincy. They wear bowler hats to the ring and flowing coats, uh, hiding an immaculate four-piece suit while holding an umbrella under their arm. They are very polite baby faces who insist on shaking everybody's hand at ringside before every match, including the announcers, timekeeper, ring announcer, and everyone in the front row, even the cameramen and stagehands by ringside before entering the ring and enthusiastically shaking the referee's hand and their, that of their opponents. They will apologize to their opponents after every big move and make sure they are well before continuing the match. Uh, they also insist on not breaking or bending any rules, including the five count rules. If their opponent reaches for, for a pinfall or submission attempt, they will immediately break the uh, attempt and back off, letting their opponent get back to their feet. The finisher is called the Terribly Sorry, which is a hybrid of the sharpshooter and the yes lock. After the match, they insist on helping their fallen opponents backstage to receive medical attention while continually saying, Terribly sorry, old chap. Keep up the good work. I like that. So P- P's and Q's. For American, I don't know if America has this. Yeah. Are your please and thank yous? Yes. So it's it's a it's thank a, you. Yes. Yes. So it's a it's it's just a shorthand for manners. Uh, I like the idea keys. of yeah. I, I re it's almost a heel gimmick when they're shaking everyone's hands so much they just want the match to start. Yeah. But yeah, it could. I mean, that's Mustache Mountain. They yeah. they shake everyone's hands and are very like that. I really like it. Uh, yeah, it's good. What do you think? I mean, I think it is really good. It also reminds me of one of my favorite cartoons from when I was a kid, um, Stop It and Tidy Up, mm-hmm. which was, a, and they were all names that were based around manners. So like one of the characters was called Tidy a Room. And, uh, it, and it was just like, and so I, I very much like the Britishness of it. <clears throat> yeah, the ter- terribly sorry. The sorry. Terribly sorry, old chap. Um, but I don't think it's as good as uh, Rex Rockets. I mean, that's, it's... Wait, what does the live chat think? <laughs> Tell me, live chat. You know what? I mean, I, I know who I like. Oh. Can we do a poll? Can we do a live poll? <laughs> I don't know. Can we do a live poll? I don't know. I don't think we can. No, unless also not break the stream. Oh, God. Oh, Have you no, broken I the stream? Click these <laughs> things. Why am I doing it? Uh, okay, so I don't think we can do a live poll. So... Let oh, me just Rocket Man one I've seen there the first one. Okay, so rockets. A lot of rockets. Re- Rex Rocket. A lot of rockets there. Rex Rex, Rex Rocket. Everyone's I love Swinger. Rex. Oh, that is from Jaron Walker, I think though. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Rex Rocket. I think it's Rocket Man. Rocket Man. See what I did there. Rocket Man. Okay, well that's it. I, I don't think it's going to change. <laughs> no, because it's almost ninety eight percent. Until the the end of that, someone's telling me I can do a live pool. <laughs> so there it is. There it is. Congratulations. The first signee of season two. That's Chris Smith. to submit a question to the mailbag all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on patreon and then you can leave your comment in the community section let's dive into it james j dylan when the inner circle was in the ring and jericho made the group's introduction i took hager being an undefeated mma guy as more of a dig on cm punk than current wwe storylines it's no secret aew wanted punk and so did the fans when that went south and now it actually looks like punk could get the fox job aew went with hager who has amateur wrestling professional wrestling and mma training with proper booking and jericho on the mic hager could have a great run as inner circle's brute enforcer i didn't actually think of that uh 
it's sure the context is there. I think that probably is reading too much into it. I agree. It's the only real way you can get Jack Swagger, Jake Hager over by focusing on the MMA background. If you're not going to lean into the We The People stuff, which they have obviously rejected completely. Plus, I have theories that this these conversations were agreed upon back Months in April. Of, oh, completely. Yeah, double or nothing it had to be. <clears throat> because Hager did an interview a couple of weeks before, even before Moxley's contract expired, uh, Dean Ambrose's WWE contract expired, and said, oh, yeah, he's going to AEW. His debut's going to be really good. Yeah. So and it was like a, it must have just been a slip of the tongue. But ever since then, I've been like, he he's talking to a lot of people on the inside. And in that interview, he <clears throat> basically says he borderline says, "I'll be joining in six months." Yeah, like and he, so these conversations have been going on for quite some time. So I I, I think it's reading too much into it to say to dig at CM Punk. Um, actually, he did an interview recently because he's got a Bellator fight coming up soon. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, my entire AEW gimmick rests on this fight because if I lose, I'm no longer the undefeated oh, MMA crap. guy." That's a good point. Well, it was a very similar situation happened when Brock had that fight. Yeah, you know, and he he won, but it was only because you know he failed a, a few USADA tests. Yeah. Anyway, Callum, uh, yo, what's up, Luke, Pete, Laurie, Ollie, and housemate Simon? Uh, I'm back on Patreon, and because I've upped my pledge, here's my question. From your childhood, do you remember a match or pay-per-view that you loved? Thank you for your great content, and you helped me through my co- course at college and putting a smile on my face. Oh, thank you for watching. SummerSlam 2000. Uh, yep, uh, Backlash 2000, Rock vs. Triple H in the main event with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Rock's corner. Makes his big return sort of three quarters away mm-hmm. through the match. Comes out, lays out a load of stunners and leaves. Rock finally wins the WWF title. Loved it. Um, Ibrahim says, hey guys, I just went into this deep dive of thinking about past few pay-per-views. So let's go through this. Hell in a Cell, DQ inside the cell because and it uh, happened and it doesn't make any sense. Clash of Champions, a non-championship match went on second to last in the show. SummerSlam, Brock Lesberg and Rollins had a one-on-one match though and weren't counted out even though they were outside the ring for a long, long time. Extreme Rules, the mixed tag match, needed to have legal tags in an Extreme Rules match. Money in the Bank, Brock won, who wasn't in the match. Mania, Becky didn't pin Ronda clean, but the match was finished anyway. Royal Rumble, Nia Jax randomly entered the men's rumble. Okay, so... Uh, sorry, he says, sorry for the long question. Do you see a pattern? <coughs> WWE does not care and thinks we're marks. That, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But also, a large portion of those pay-per-views are gimmick pay-per-views. Money in the Bank, Hell in a Cell, Extreme Rules. Royal Rumble. So, you're, you're having to force stipulations on storylines and feuds that don't necessitate it at that point in the story. So you you have to you you have to make you don't have to make bad decisions, but the likelihood of you screwing something up is a lot more when you've got to retrofit this feud you're trying to tell into having a stipulation that shouldn't be there yet. So that's I I think that and then you you, you make mistakes or you just go ah let's just do something that doesn't make sense at all. Do you remember when Dean Ambrose was going to feud with Nia Jax? That's that's this year. It's, it's been a long year. <laughs> when we do all the roundups of 2019 in December, it's going to be like, what happened? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, Anthony James, hey guys, hope you are well. Just wanted to get your thoughts on WWE changing Chad Gable's name. I personally think it's a stupid thing they've done to his, uh, a wrestler in a long, long time. Chad Gable is one of the best in-ring <sighs> mat yeah. technicians in wrestling and has the potential to be a great star. To me, it just seems like a stupid Vince move and basically a bullying tactic backstage. If people thought Cedric Alexander was getting buried by Vince, then Chad Gable is dead and buried. 
totally agree with you. I hate it. But the reports are, this is what Vince McMahon thinks is a good thing. <laughs> Honestly, he said, apparently, Vince really likes Chad Gable. And he this, thinks... This, this will get him over. This will get him over. It, Vince obviously finds short jokes genuinely funny. Yeah. So Vince saying this is like, you know, there's a... All of the Baron Corbin, big cast stuff, going back to Hornswoggle. Vince finds people who aren't tall hilarious. He also finds lisps hilarious as well. So he's given this to him in a way to get him over because he's like, well, you've got to lean into it, pal. And that to me just shows how out of touch he is with modern wrestling. Uh, right, let's get on here from uh, Chris Thorne, who says, how feasible would it be to work CGW into your 2K universe mode on Screenstalker? Well, that what we were having big discussions uh, this morning yeah. about what we're going to do for 2K next week. Uh, looks like a lot of fun, that game. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> Has yep. the best reception? A lot of... A lot of articles going around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Saying I mean, it, how it, unfinished it is. It is brave to release an unfinished game. But having said that, also in 2019, that is not uncommon mm. because games now come with their roadmaps where it's just like, buy, yeah, our, yeah, buy, yeah. buy our full price game now. <clears throat> it's broken and buggy and doesn't work. But in a year's time, it will all be fixed. And then we'll release a new version of that game. Yeah. So. We're uh, for, for Screen Stalker next week. I think this is a, an exclusive. Yeah, this is an exclusive because we've literally only just finished having these conversations. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna start a Twitch channel for Screen Stalker and we're gonna play two hours a day, Laurie and Simon, on two K twenty and start playing through that my career mode. And we're gonna cut that down, have it on the Screen Stalker YouTube, YouTube channel, channel the next day, so you can you know you can watch a 10, 12 minute version of that story. And then we're going to have weekly best ofs on Wrestle Talk cut down as well. Yes. So, so we'll yeah. still do like I think we're still going to do like the fixing of Raw that we did this week on yeah, Screen yeah. Stalker. Yeah. We're going to play through the bump in the night mode as well, um, and just do all of the, the really silly parts of, of the game, and perhaps look at some of those bugs and stuff. Yeah. And then eventually, yeah, definitely bringing crap gimmick stuff in as well as will be really because really one of the, the the great things about uh, the the two K series, and I'm going to you know this is a very small umbrella, but one of the great things about the game is that it has got that community mm. area where people can just create a load of wrestlers, and so people can create their favorites crap gimmicks, and then we can find them and we can add them into the game. So yeah. it's, yeah, absolutely. People are more than welcome to, to create their own versions. Lorenzo Haynes says, OMG, I just finally watched you guys live stream the ROH New Japan show over WrestleMania weekend. I don't think I've ever laughed out so much as when I did when Laurie saw Matt Taven win the world title. And I now finally get your Bret Hart Hall of Fame running joke. <laughs> so you've gone back to watch the live stream yeah. to that show. Yeah. Four months later. <laughs> That's weird. Not more than that. It was in April. Wow. Uh, anyway, on to the questions. To Luke, do you and your wife want kids? Uh, yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to Ollie, where did you learn how uh, to work with a green screen so well? Uh, I had to. I yeah. was. <laughs> uh, I, it was just me on the channel. Um, I would edit. I would video edit myself. So that's a. Re if, if anyone wants advice on how to get good at anything, go over your stuff edit it like and you're like oh my god i'm awful i'm really quiet there's no passion okay i'll start yelling uh 
oh, wow, I can't do this. Because they used to be uninterrupted takes, like a minute long of just me talking. So we used to do it way back in the, back in the day, 2015 yeah, era was yeah. that. So I was like, oh, my God, this is taking so long. I'm just not like this. I take so many gaps so I can breathe. Uh, so I thought, okay, I'll change it. I'll make it more choppy. So, yeah, yeah, edit yourself. Yeah. Uh, Chopper Pete fan number three. Uh, hmm. So three fan, it says... Did I say, yeah, Chopper Pete, number three fan. Could The Fiend win the Universal Championship, take it to SmackDown, Kane Velasquez win the WWE Championship, go to Raw with Rey Mysterio on Raw? Maybe this is what's going to happen. Say that again? Well, it was The Fiend winning the Universal title, Kane uh, winning the WWE title. And essentially... I don't see that happening. Kane's going to have knee surgery, sharpish, from what I understand. Mm. He's trying to avoid it, but, you know, for the next couple of months. But he'll have to have surgery. Uh, Shea says, since SmackDown's moved to Fox and they have the big stars, can you see Raw becoming the SmackDown from a few years ago where we saw Raw being bad and SmackDown putting out the better show? It's what we've been saying now totally. for, for ages. Yeah, yeah. So it's completely. Yeah, that, well, all those people who will now get opportunities because Vince is more occupied on the other show. And this one has Paul Heyman in charge, who yes. isn't 100% brilliant, but when he's good, good grief, he's incredible. <laughs> Um, Callum uh, back in says, who do you think will be the next person to leave New Japan and go to AEW? Ooh. Interesting question. Because I feel like everyone's kind of locked down now in New I, Japan. I can't see... If it wasn't going to be Kota Ibushi... Oh, it's not. No. It's not going to be Will either. And I don't think it'll be Will either. So... And it's not going to be someone like a Tanner or a Carter or anything like that. So I don't know if this is a sidestep. I'd say Marty Skrull, just because his contract's up soon. He's got that being the elite history. I know he's technically Ring of Honor. He doesn't mm. really show up in New Japan these days. No, but apparently, like the the, the Ring of Honor New Japan mm. uh, relationship might not be as strong as it as it once was. Um, Andrew Bayless has got more of a suggestion. He said, but uh, what do you think about having five bonus points in the Wrestle League for guessing the final match or, or winner of the last match of the show for the season before the first show? Uh, essentially guessing the Royal Rumble winner before Survivor Series, WrestleMania uh, main okay. event before the Rumble. That's a, that's a real big pick, isn't it? Yeah, that's I a big, big pick. I do like the idea of that, but we're talking about maybe making Wrestle League monthly as opposed to like these four seasons a year. It, it's a better jumping on point if we just total up all the pay-per-views each month we'll yeah. do it that way so that won't work uh, from Connor who says uh, really enjoying the commitment and attention paid to win-loss records at the moment in AEW but yeah. how long do you think they'll continue to place the same emphasis and importance on it a record of 3-0 and 2-1 and etc at this point is punchy <coughs> and easy to digest but in a few months down the line we'll likely hear commentators putting over MGF coming to the ring with a 16-7 record you're right it doesn't It when it gets into those larger numbers <coughs> I've been thinking about this myself it's going to be weird. So I think you have you do have seasons and you wipe it uh, uh, all out next year. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's the way forward. Because otherwise, like in, in three years' time, you'll have like, you know, 325 mm. and whatever. Like it's, it's, it's too big a number. Yeah, it's good. like in, in boxing and, <coughs> excuse me, MMA fighting, you do hold your record throughout your career. I think this has to be more like... A NFL or where you or, or tennis players where it's yeah. just that season mostly. Uh, Sawyer has an emailed in about uh, rope breaks, but we've covered that in the podcast intro and outro. So uh, check that out when the podcast goes up. Uh, Tom says, "Have you ever seen someone do a delayed choke slam? Big Show used to do it up in the air, really. Yeah, yeah. Undertaker used to as well. Like just 
Oh, yeah. but really like big, big show shows, hold like hold them up, for just walk around. Like when he first came into to yeah, the yeah. WWF in particular. Um, <clears throat> Alex says, uh, hi guys, uh, I won't take too long, but I wanted uh, you guys, Luke and Ollie, to give me a rundown and explanation of the TNA riot. I remember hearing of it and people loving it, but I wasn't watching Impact Wrestling at the time, so I know nothing about it. I appreciate all the content you guys put out, and I'll be sending an email about my best friend and a bizarre meeting I had with Bree Zango. <laughs> What's the TNA riots? So TNA riots was an angle that they did. If I remember this correctly, there was it either opened an episode of Impact or it ended an episode of Impact where there was just riots happening everywhere. So like there would be wrestlers brawling uh, in the sort of like backstage area. There'd be people brawling around the ring, in the ring, in the locker room, in the car park. And it was just like they would cut there and you had Mike Tanay being like, it's chaos everywhere. And then the police showed up and started arresting everyone. So yeah, that's essentially what it was. I can't that, that remember. That was like 2014, 15 as well. It wasn't Russo era. I think it was. I think it was Bischoff era. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Phil for time sided. Well, I just you can actually plug um, Bound for Glory if you want. Oh yeah. So speaking of TNA, Luke and I went back and revisited Bound for Glory 2010 for this month's patron exclusive podcast. The reason that's so interesting this month. 2009. Oh right. And historically so significant. Yeah. Is because that Bound for Glory is the first major pay-per-view. It's their WrestleMania after Vin- uh, well, it was Vince Russo. After Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan took over TNA in January that year. Yeah. And it's an epic failure. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, and, and it's really interesting to look at now through the lens of AEW and what they're trying to do and doing a much better job of it. Uh, it's re- really fascinating. It, it involves some crazy matches. Oh, and some nonsensical storytelling as well. The Young Bucks are on that show as Generation Me in the opening match. So that's yeah. way before Superkick Party, before they even... just It's like watching a different team, but they are the same team. Yeah, it is a wonderfully nonsense show <laughs> that really felt like the beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, well, that is all of our mailbag questions. Do you want to hit us up with some super chats? I will. Let's get into your su- su- super chats. Thank you, uh, whoever's on the modding duties. Let me have a look. It's Bertie Wanless. Ooh, hello, Bertie. I think I haven't met Bertie. Before. I don't think we have either. So on the subject of the WWE draft, why is Wyatt going back to Raw on Monday? Draft? <laughs> uh, well, you know, they could just trade them back. I don't. I can see that happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but at the moment, it's just to continue that feud with Rollins until Crown Jewel. I think the, the draft isn't going to mean anything for the next two weeks while they build feuds across. And I can Rome. really see that Crown Jewel match happening with them just fighting off into the crowd and not totally. being seen again. Uh, the Adnap 2. Do you think it's a coincidence that both Roman and Sasha were drafted to SmackDown? Or was it planned so that Michael Cole can do his annoying intros? Um, I mean, I think that's just quiz, but also that they're, they're, they're stars, so they mm-hmm. want them on the SmackDown brand. Jeremy Bell. The draft didn't fail. We got the war rooms out of it. Still expecting the NFL robot to be in a match and be revealed as Gronk. I forgot about the Gronk. He was a thing once. Gronk was cool. Robot wasn't. Yeah, I hated the I robot. I like the robot. Um, do you remember Mojo Rawley's promos in the mirror? For these taser face gimmick. Taser face gimmick, yeah. Uh, on the subject of Crown Jewel, KJ says WWE should rename Crown Jewel... Ooh. Ooh. 
We've had that joke as well. I, mean, I think you... I... Oh, my God. You were going to make this joke, weren't you? And then I went... Probably not to do it on the news. Yeah, I, I wrote this joke way before anyone else did. <laughs> but I didn't. I've, I've never said it out loud. But it, it, it is funny, KJ. Yeah. He said, totally didn't steal this joke from Patreon. So it sounds like someone else has already made it. Uh, or from Ollie Davis's subconscious. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of AEW, uh, Pavi let Andy out of his cage says, AEW Dark's second match was excellent. The eight-man tag private party, Shima uh, versus Rhodes and the Bucks. It was so funny. Love you guys. I haven't seen it, but I've seen shots of the kid from the crowd pinning Cody. Yeah. Total house show vibes. Wicked. Yeah. I don't know if... A Dark's in a weird space where it's not acknowledged at all by AEW Dynamite. It is in the wins-loss records, though. Yeah. And it is a house show. It's, it's weird. I don't think they've... I like it, but I don't think they've honed what that show is yet. Yeah, I think... I, I honestly think it was an error not to show highlights of the Kenny Omega... Joey Janela match considering that some people are saying it's a five star match mm. I mean Dave Meltzer I think gave it four and a quarter wow. um, upwards of four and a half and people are saying like it's one of the best matches of the year mm. you show that on TV and then say you can watch the match in full on our YouTube channel and we have matches like that every single week Yeah, not like you know unsanctioned you know, blood blood matches or anything like that, but we have wrestling that also happens on a YouTube channel. I think is an error. Mm. It's the same way that I think it's an error that WWE doesn't plug NXT on the network. Or you know, before it went to USA, being like, "Hey, these guys have come. These guys and girls have come from NXT. Look at the amazing stuff that's happening on NXT at the moment. You can get that and more by signing up for the network." Um, Pavi back in again to say um, after the show went off the air, Cody got the kid dressed as Orange Cassidy and let him pin him. Yeah, I think uh, the t- kid got a ticket for the next show. So he seems to have been on all the shows then. Yeah. Um, Timothy Jones on the subject of WWE, brackets general. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to watch WWE. Yes, it is. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Did you hear, see the report from Alvarez recently? It was on Wrestling Observer Live. And he said that I think it was from someone who's pro- backstage production on Raw. Text him and said... I can't watch these shows anymore. Wow. I'm going to wait and just listen to your reviews of them. Yeah. So you can tell me what happens. Stone Singh says, long time viewer, first time super chatter. Until USA Fox tell me WWE to stop sharing stars, the wild card rule will always be in effect, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be this way until at least the end of the month with Crown Jewel. Really hope they can create distinct rosters after that. But ratings don't appear to be going anywhere but down. They'll panic, and they will start sharing everyone. Or bring Austin back. Mm. Uh, Jose Quinde says, can't wait for that long-awaited Riot Squad reunion. Yeah, I mean, they were a fine faction. I like them all individually. They never really clicked as a unit for me. Just their gimmicks don't make sense together. Uh but yeah, yeah. I want to see them all on telly, just maybe not together. Sarah Logan in particular, man. Mm. What a bit of underutilized bit of talent they've got yeah. there. Sterling Van says, stop making your talent look second rate, WWE. I thought AOP meant something to you. You're not prominently uh, using Alistair Black or Ricochet. Why is Cesaro only a tag team star? That's all so good. Well, I think that's, hopefully that will change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair Black, Ricochet, AOP in particular, they've all been moved to Raw. I, you know, I'd hope that that's going to improve things. Cesaro, I think, 
the ship sailed with him, unfortunately. WWE see him at a certain level, and they never will do above that. Um, Cannonil Probabil says, A fan asked Corey Graves, Will your new WWE podcast cover all topics with no limits, or will WWE control it? He answered, Yes. Thoughts? So, so he answered yes to WWE will control it. I think it's it's cover all topics with no limits. So have you heard his new podcast? So he they've announced their because they're releasing a podcast network. Probably the horse has already bolted there, you know, entering into a very crowded space. Um, but he's going to be the first podcast they're doing, and they're going to have. I think they advertised it as um un filtered access to WWE stars which no other podcast has access to because they've blocked all of their stars going on to other podcasts and Corey Gross is hosting it's going to be an interview thing Paul uh, Triple H is going to be the first guest and he's going to take calls in from fans and things like that and it really feels like bite this mm. and we were talking about this on an old episode of uh, Russell Talk Extra with um, Todd Grisham when people would call in and be like, TNA's a better show, and you'd be like, yeah, well, you're a dumb mark, and I hate you, and TNA's for idiots. If that really is live calls, get ready for a lot of AEW stuff. Yeah, and get ready for Corey Graves to call you dumb marks and everything. Um, Scyther versus everyone that says, let's revisit that Raven protege theory. Maybe Heyman will contact Raven for a new flock. WWE could really use that right now, but would ruin it anyway. I don't think that's... I don't think that's going to happen. No. no. Uh, Drew, uh, what can WWE do to truly better the product? What can they do? Just just pay attention. I think if AEW's taught us anything, make stars. Scorpio Sky, Marco Stunt to an extent, Darby Allen. They they were, they were are over. Yeah. AEW really focusing on building talent. WWE says they are but really they don't, even with their top guys. Like, Roman doesn't really feel like a star. There was, um, so Dave Meltzer wrote about this in The Observer, and, I, and I, you know, everyone has a go at me for constantly referencing this because The Observer's just come out, but he was invited to give a talk to, like, sports journalists who are training, like, training, doing a sports journalism degree at university. Mm. So it was a class of 65 people, and they ran an experiment of name recognition, of, like, here is a face, can you, can you tell me who this is? And he said that uh, Brock, Cena, and uh, I think Ronda were recognized by the majority of people. Of those 65 people, only five people recognized Roman Reigns. Only one person recognized Kenny Omega. Oof. Well, yeah. 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 Makes sense when you think about it. Mm. Um, on that subject of um, Marco Stunt as well, there's been so much chat about, like, he's too small, he's too unconvincing to be in there with big guys. And I'm like... He's tagging with a dinosaur. Like <laughs> it's this wonderful wrestling world we live in. Whereas, like, I can't believe I can't buy into the believability of him wrestling bigger guys. But that wrestling dinosaur is totally fine. Well, there, there are limits to believability. I, yeah. would, I would argue they're not completely unfounded. Uh, Swaff Daddy Johnny D says, "I have truly missed the lovely time with the boys. If lovely you guys didn't do the reviews, would you have given up with WWE? And if so, what would have been your breaking point?" The fiend. Yeah, I think I'd that would have brought stop. me. That would have brought me back. I'd have stopped prior to that. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm just most recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Deep Singh says, "I saw a report. Uh, Heyman wants to majorly push Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black. Do you think he'll be able to do it? How would you guys push them?" Yeah, I think he will. I think give Alistair, give them both actual storylines where they go over strong at the end of it. Got to remember though, it is a Vince thing. Yeah. I, as much as we want to say Paul Heyman is the creative director, it is Vince's show at the end of the day. He's the one that's going to sign off on things. Heyman wanted to push Cedric Alexander. Look how that worked out. Here's a good raw feud to get Black over. 
Alistair Black, Randy Orton. Oh, Battle of the Moves from out of nowhere. Black Mass versus RKO. Black finally beats Orton. Orton goes away for a bit, comes back as a babyface. He doesn't lose anything. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Craig Dennis says, do you think Bray Wyatt will be allowed his severed head lamp at Crown Jewel? Be interesting. I'm not going to make that joke again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, and Nate drops surname says, will there be an electric chair on Corey Graves' podcast? Uh, I forgot the electric chair. We've got to do a roundup show of every single dropped gimmick that WWE have done. Yeah, because yeah, there was the the after dark bit as well for three weeks. Yeah. Three week push. Uh, do you want to say the next uh, subject? Yeah. Uh, J.S. Wooten says, seriously, the YouTube unsubscribing needs to stop. It's been going on for two weeks. Let me support WrestleTalk YouTube. So YouTube is going through a thing where they just clear out what they think are bots, inactive accounts. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people are being unsubscribed from us. That's what we've sort of been saying. If just check you are still subscribed because people are getting unsubscribed. It, it literally came up on the back end of YouTube's day. Don't worry if your subscriber count goes down. We're <laughs> removing loads of people's accounts yeah. who aren't real. I'm like, no, no, you, you're removing real ones too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a shame, but hopefully we can get through it. T Green, make a wrestling sim game for crap gimmicks and book shows live. It's a big ask. Yeah. Also, uh, maybe it's in universe mode. I yeah. don't know. The Adnap Two. I'm glad you guys liked Rex Rocket. Is that is that must be? Then? Yeah. And thank you, Swaf Nation, for the support. That was totally worth the 13 month wait from Chris Smith. Yeah, I love that. And actually, Adnap Two super chats a lot, and it makes sense as well because his ending says um, "Happy Christmas and Merry New Year" because it'll be around that time in 2019 that you read that. We weren't that far off. <laughs> Zach Icon Lindner says. Drake Maverick. Fire Dog Games shouting out that my rent will be going down $300 <laughs> next month so soon I can become a Patreon and hashtag support WrestleTalk. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Of course, go over and become a Pledgehammer on our Patreon because you'll get an exclusive Bound for Glory 2010 review podcast with me and Luke. It's a lot of fun. It's only three hours long. And we've also recorded the first hour and a half of... Um uh, Wrestle Talk After Dark. Mm-hmm. We did it this morning, so it was Wrestle Talk Before Breakfast, and it's <clears throat> top quality content. Oh yeah. Oh, it's good. Uh, Swaff Daddy Johnny D. Notice how the YouTube subscription issues didn't happen till the Fiend showed up. Well, they were kind of. Oh, no, and he says to the friend showed up. So he's talking about Dave. <sighs> I just made the same mistake that started all of this. I know. Clifford Miller, what programs do you use to edit your videos? Uh, predominantly Adobe Premiere. Yes. But to stream, we use a mixture of Streamlabs and a platform called vMix. Uh, Oka's Ride MP4L. Love you guys. You and your show is the best thing on YouTube. So my question is, who are the two guys who always sit front row camera side? I mean, every pay-per-view on Monday after every one. Tall, skinny guy. Yes, the tall, the guy with the long hair and his mum and the lad in the green shirts. We've had actually had a Russo pay in for the guy uh, with long hair. Someone mm. met him at a show and said he was a really, really nice guy. And he, sa- he sounds like a really sound lad as well. Yeah, those WWE super fans, they do get, from what I understand, they get tickets before, like the WWE events team sends them the ticket links first. Like yeah. you can, it's like a super elite membership club or something. I remember once when they did their list, they did a WWE.com list of like the WWE super fans. And I remember Frank the Clown taking the knock because he wasn't on the list. <laughs> Get over yourself. Walu TV, it's the mayor of Painesville. Hey. Damn. I watched WWE from 2005 and 2012. 
As well, I love a lot of wrestling. I watched WWE, ECW, and all seasons of NXT and loved it. Even I agree it's horrible to watch now. <laughs> on that note, when is Showcase coming back? When is Showcase coming back? When is Showcase coming back? We're working on getting more matches in the can, and uh, yeah, we, we're, we're taking a more structured view of it. So yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. Yeah. Probably not this year, but no. early next year, hopefully. Swaff Daddy Johnny D, even though my name changed, I'm still Andy's number two fan. Oh, well. It's good to know he's Someone's got... has got to be. Yes. And on the mis- uh, miscellaneous front, Matt Field, uh, so apparently this was sent uh, last week, said Jericho should have grabbed the mic and told Aubrey that it's a street fight and there's no DQs. It would have been entertaining as hell. That actually would have been a really good uh, bit of ad-libbing for Jericho to kind of mm. like save that spot effectively because that actually would have helped the crowd not boo <clears throat> the resulting spots that happen next. Yeah. Because that is... The, and that's when people have said, like, you're wrong about the rope breaks thing, it's not just sort of a matter of opinion. It was the... the f- crowd booed everything that happened in the match and they weren't as much into the comeback and it is audible when the crowd are chanting against a match same thing happened at hell in a cell when the crowd just turned against it it is noticeable and it's it sucks the energy out of a match yeah um and lastly from matthew who said um what are your next oh, plans for- oh it's not absolutely not <laughs> sorry i do apologize it's the end of this page um what are your next plans for supporting the indies Still the current plans. Yeah, uh, yeah we've, we, as, as you would have seen a couple of weeks ago, me and Luke were in Nottingham to support uh, the, the live shows that the promotions we partner with put on, which is Frontline and WrestleGate. Callum Newman was oh. there, our, our WrestleTalk scholarship winner. In his new gear, the new gear that was part of the scholarship deal was his new gear, and he had, he had the WrestleTalk logo down, the, down on his jacket. You didn't spot it at first, and I went, <gasps> his jacket! <laughs> so yeah. it was really cool I was so excited yeah so it's it's like all that because that takes a lot of work so we can't I, I don't know what the next steps are at the moment we've just got to focus on building and helping out those those platform, those those promotions at the moment uh, Jose Quinday says Luke pulled a fortnight on CG um, Crap Gimmick Wrestling we should have done that yeah. season whatever end black hole and you know what, what a what an awesome thing to do and honestly without Screenstalker I wouldn't have got that reference I wouldn't have had a Scooby Doo but um, yeah uh, Christopher May says Rex Rocket on 2K19 yes it's gotta happen I'm a, I love that gimmick <laughs> Uh, Joe Ray says hi guys here to pass on the cheer I just got my first car yesterday also I'm interested to see how New Japan and Stardom coexist with each other I think well Meltzer was saying they won't be on each other's shows no they're just going to just continue to run shows I think they'll have a a super show not not maybe a super show but they'll have one women's match from Stardom on a New Japan card in Japan crucially because I think that it's quite a given that they'll do that abroad but to do it in Japan is quite a cultural shift where women's and female, male and female wrestling has been kept apart. Um, and lastly, Brian Thomas says, Howdy, fellas. First time Super Chatter here. Just curious if you guys have a favorite WWE video game. Yeah, WrestleMania 2000 on the N64. Yeah, I'm not going to say No Mercy is my obvious answer. It's, I think SmackDown Here Comes the Pain um, or... Uh, Smackdown 2 Know Your Role loved that game Royal Rumble on the Mega Drive was a game I played a lot in my youth Um, Attitude was clunky as hell but I look back on it quite fondly Um, so yeah so I think that's um, I think those are some of my 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 favorite video games. I haven't I, I just kind of stopped playing WWE video games around about Here Comes the Pain. Yeah, I, I didn't play any of the Raw versus SmackDown games. Um, so yeah, SmackDown was kind of like the Here Comes the Pain was one of my last ones until obviously we 
took on ScreenStalker and I was playing 2K19. So we've just had two more come in. Ooh. Dark Knight says, Wrestle Talk After Dark sounds like a late night adult show. Why choose that name? It's uncensored. It is uncensored. It is unfiltered as well. There's a lot of uh, a lot of swearing being dropped. A lot of R-rated stories being told as well. Yeah, and usually we have a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Apart from today when we had a little bit of the coffee. Uh, Edward McIntyre finally asks, Luke, what is that cardigan and where can I get one? I think this was a Primark cardigan, actually. Um, yeah, so Primark, your local skidmark shop, Primane, whatever you want to call it. I, uh, I bloody love me a cardigan. And we're now into that season where I get to wear them, and it's quite thrilling. Speaking of um, people correcting us on things, which is likely going to happen after our baseball chats, we're probably going to get a lot of emails and being like, guys, you are effing idiots. Here is what baseball is all about. I'm 100% sure that's what baseball is. I'm really confident (laughs) that that's the the West Philadelphia ball boys, ball lads. Ball lads, yeah. That's all 100% true. Yes. Um, Also, on the conversation you and I having yesterday, e man, the amount of comments. It was every other comment on yesterday's video was like, guys, the commentators explained it. It's like, you'd you'd be forgiven, but we said that so many times in yesterday's episode, and it's not being discourse, because I know you said it, we're we're encouraging that discourse. It's not discourse. It's them looking like they want to be Sammy Smartpants, but instead just look like Timmy Titface because it's like, I know more than you do. But actually, they look like an absolute mug because nine minutes into the episode, we say, the commentators do address this, credit to AEW. So it makes them look like an idiot. Well, that's it. It's nine minutes in. I, d- I, I, would, I would assume most of those comments were left in anger before that nine-minute mark. Uh, yeah, they did do it. And then they left and they stopped watching the video. So, we should have, you know, if we take, if we take that and we want to be more clear in the future, we should put that side of the argument. If we know it's going to be an issue, we should we should mention that earlier in the debate. Or people should just be patient. I mean, it's YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I it's, it's like I, I always that one of the reasons we we do not discuss politics on this channel at all is it's it's like walking into a a room of loads of ranting raving people and then just shouting an opinion mm. and then getting angry that all these ranting raving people start shouting at you so yeah but anyway the reason i brought this up is because people did want to send us in some other corrections from the aew episode in particular we, got, we get loads of other things wrong <laughs> we got well it's it's about the rope break in a street fight okay. so we got two emails on this same subject with actually funny enough the same header as well the mm. same um, email title it says hello uh, luke ollie el fagador pete dave and everyone else i was listening to the aew review podcast and i just wanted to point out the street fights have always had rope breaks the idea is that a street fight can only end in the ring. It's what, uh, and it's what was the main difference between it and hardcore matches. Hardcore matches, no DQ and false count anywhere. Street fight is only no DQ and must be in the ring to win. And denim. Honestly, the, the, yeah. the biggest difference to me between a street fight and all the other hardcore stipulations 
is you wear jeans. Yes. Well, and he carries on. If you're at the ropes, you're no longer in the ring. Yes, therefore, you don't necessarily have to break a hold. But any submission that happens while your opponent is using the ropes won't result in a victory because they're, quote, out of bounds. So if Jericho didn't let go of the walls of Jericho uh, while Darby was holding the ropes, he wouldn't get DQ'd. But if Darby tapped while holding the ropes, it wouldn't count and the match would continue. I hope the way I explain that makes sense. But the referee was counting Jericho to get off the pin. Yes. That's, where the, that's where it falls down. Mm. And... Even if that is, tr- like, even if you say, look, that's the way it is. I've also that- seen Force County anyway. Oh, sorry, I've also seen street fights that don't have the rope break thing, but that's by the by. It should have been communicated to the live audience. Yes, well. That's, that's why we say it's a mistake. And this is where uh, Safe comes in to say, I was listening to your AEW review, and while I agree with most of your opinions, I think you're wrong to call them out for having rope breaks in a street fight. In post wrestling's review, uh, John Pollock points out there should be rope breaks in a street fight because it isn't false count anyway. You can only win in a legal area of the arena. Since you can't win on the outside, it makes sense that you can't win in the ropes. I still think that doesn't make it. That still doesn't, still doesn't make any sense to me. But you can't win in the ropes. You're, you're just you're, you're just fatiguing them and inflicting more damage by holding the submission. It's not like you're gonna they're gonna tap. If they start to tap, drag them into the middle of the ring and make them tap. Yeah, and also it's like it's a street fight. And now you're putting rules onto it. And it's where this whole, like, and it's the problem that wrestling has got, where you've got 20,000 names for what is essentially the same stipulation. And so all of a sudden it's just like, well, this is no holds barred, except for all of these holes <laughs> and all of these rules. So it stops becoming a street fight when they're like, ah, but you can't do that though, can you? And putting Philadelphia in there. Which was just under Which pop the home court. And that's the other part. Evokes ECW. Exactly. You did it in front of a Philadelphia crowd. Yeah, save carries on. Uh, what I think they needed to have done was explain it during the announcement of the match by having Justin yes. Roberts say the finish can only happen in a legal area or something along those lines. So while I agree that perhaps it could have been explained better, I think they are right to have rope breaks. I personally disagree. I, street fights for me has always been it's essentially no DQ. You can't pin them outside the ring. But then you also aren't being admonished. You can't be DQ'd mm. for holding on for your, your, your submission too long in the ropes. Or you can't break up a pin by getting in the ropes, which is what Darby Allen did and what the referee did. Um, so what happens if someone doesn't break the hold? They should be left to it. But like when you tap outside the ring, there should be no finish. The pinfall also should just not count. So I don't think Aubrey Edwards should have told Jericho to get off him, but it was worth it just to see her push him. Yeah. Uh, also, I've had this question for a while, but when you say in your news videos, the Viking don't mention the war experience, is that a Faulty Towers reference? Of course it is. Yes. Anyway, thanks for the content. All the best, safe. Thank so yeah, you. thank you very much for, for that uh, discourse. I think we could probably lay that to rest now. Um... Email us about baseball instead. I, a topic, I'll be honest, uh, I don't think I could care less about. I want to say thank you to Dan, Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Oh, lovely. Well, that like his his email uh, um, uh, about two weeks ago, well, it was after the Hell in a Cell stuff, Yeah. where we put out about six videos, mm-hmm. and that was a lot. And he, he emailed in saying, like, guys, I love your content. It's too... But that day I found it too much. I couldn't watch it all. And while we can't make videos with that in mind, because, you know, we've got to make videos. So, you know, sometimes it's not for our usual hardcore audience. It's to get the the casuals in. So we want, you know, we're trying to tap into that YouTube homepage. So not all the videos have to be seen. Of course, we'd love it if you did watch every video. But that did spark a, uh, a sort of talk between us all, like how we should manage the schedule mm-hmm. schedule schedule please. in this new crazy Not wrestling American. world 
And yeah, we uh, we've we've talked it over. Should, should we should we sort of broach the NXT thing now? Well, we've only got two minutes before we've got to go live, so be quick. Well, I'll just say <laughs> NXT and AEW Wrestle Rambles. Yeah, mm. I went there yeah. on the same day. Is we think too much, and the views are reflecting that because yeah. they've gone down. So. Here's warning. It's like when uh, the council put up a notice, like, we're going to build something here. Let us know if there's a problem with that. We're going to do the NXT reviews pre-recorded, and they go out on a Sunday instead. Yes, so the podcast will actually also go out on the Sunday. Now, where we think this might be a benefit is it allows everyone to have seen it. Currently, we're posting up on a Wednesday when only the Americans will have had a chance to see anything from uh, NXT because it's not available on the network. Not even um, AEW. Like, if you watch AEW, you can't watch NXT until it goes up on the network. Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. So we think we do it later. It gives everyone a chance to catch up on NXT and then everyone can just enjoy the review afterwards and you can go and watch NXT and you're, you're sort of like in your own time, essentially. And hey, no super chats. And there'll be no super <laughs> chats, so it might be everyone's new favourite podcast. Um, but you know the amount. Of, hello, but the other amount of content will remain the same. We'll still have the intros and outros, and it will be Laurie and Pete uh, doing them. So let us know what you think of that. Get in touch with us on the old Twitter machine or email in. It'd be very nice to hear from you. But on that note, we are out of here. But new Wrestle Talk podcast tomorrow with Pete and Dave reviewing Friday Night SmackDown, a stacked old show. Could be seeing it, do something. Could see a new Intercontinental Champion when Roman Reigns takes on Shinsuke Nakamura. We've got a six-woman uh, scramble match for the number one contendership to the Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, we've also got a tag team match that they've just announced, a four-way tag match, but I don't actually know if it's for the titles or anything. I just know they've announced it. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.